so yeah, I'm Casey Rotomore. I guess Rotomore usually on Twitter um, and whatever like social media. Um, yeah, so ordinals. Um, so the uh, like why I did this whole thing was um, I have made uh, some uh, generative digital art in the past. Um, just sort of like algorithmically generated art where you have a seed or you have an algorithm and you have a seed that you feed into it and it produces different images. Um, and I really did this as a hobby. Um, a lot of people kind of do it as a hobby. There's there's no money in it. Sometimes it's called creative coding. Um, I guess sometimes somebody gets hired to do like visuals for like a huge event and then maybe they make some money. But most of the time it is um, people doing it because they enjoy it and sort of like nerds making things for other nerds. Um, so when we go to, yo, when we go to, when, when uh, NFTs sort of came on Ethereum and I was like, these are like mostly like kind of lame. I think they're like weird monkey pictures and I don't really care very much. Um, and then, uh, we had some really, really cool algorithmic art on Ethereum, um, that started getting popular. Um, and people started really getting paid for making really good algorithmic art. Um, probably... I don't know if it's the best example, but a very good example um, is um, Art Blocks, which just uh, is like algorithmic art that people make, and then they mint them as NFTs. Um, this one is uh, only one has been minted. Let me find a, like a good one. Um, but yeah, they're all like super diverse, super interesting, oftentimes like super interesting images that are this is one of my favorites, I think. Um, just very, very cool stuff. Um, and so when I saw people making stuff like this and actually making a lot of money off of it, as a Bitcoiner, I sort of had FOMO for the first time in a long time, right? Like I, I, I'm not interested in doing like DeFi scams or like Ponzi-nomics or like stupid monkey pictures, but when I was like, damn, like people are making really cool art and they're finding an audience and they're selling it and they're making money selling their JPEGs, I was like, damn, I want to sell some JPEGs. Like, I got some nice JPEGs too. Um, so then I started sort of thinking, like, actually, the first thing that happened was I, um, I thought, okay, maybe I should just like bite the bullet and like swallow my pride and do something on Ethereum um, and make a... So I started writing, I wrote an ERC-721 contract um, to, that was like an NFT contract on Ethereum. And as I wrote it, it's just like, it's just... It was very bad. Um, solidity is really bad. The programming model of solidity is really bad. Everything is mutable. Everything is super insecure. Um, compared to the building blocks of Bitcoin, the building blocks of Ethereum are not very good. It doesn't have native multisig. It doesn't have time locks. There's all these weird things about how the chain works and about how transactions work. So I was like, all right, I can't do this. Like for a number of reasons. Like it's it, it's it's very weird and crappy. I don't want to learn about this weird, crappy stuff. And, and honestly, I wouldn't feel great about selling something that was on Ethereum, saying, hey, people, whoever it is, even if they're like an NFT degen, like buy this thing on Ethereum. Um, and also, obviously, you know, the centralization of the chain and the future development of Ethereum is another like issue. I want to make something that's going to last forever. Um, and Ethereum doesn't feel like it gives me that promise. Um, so I started thinking, like, okay, how can I do uh, Bitcoin native NFTs. Um, and I thought about it for a long time. And the primary thing that makes things like that on Bitcoin difficult is that there are no stable identities on Bitcoin. You have, for example, you have um, a wallet and your wallet like has an XPUB key that all of the addresses come from. That, But however, the XPUB key shouldn't be shared. And uh, that'd be kind of weird anyway to be like, oh, like, look at any address that this XPUB key can, can generate to see who an owner of something is. So like, that's not very good. And then um, UTXOs, addresses, um, you're not supposed to reuse addresses, right? You kind of shouldn't use addresses as, as identities. And also, if you use an address as an identity, then you can't rotate the key out from it, right? Like a, a private key commits to... Uh, or like, yeah, it, it, the address is derived from the private key. So you, if you want to like change your key, you can't without changing your address. Um, the last one is UTXOs, right? UTXOs exist on Bitcoin. 
But UTXOs are constantly created and destroyed, right? UTXOs are destroyed when they're a tra transaction input and they're created as a transaction output. Um, new UTXOs are created in the transaction outputs. So I started thinking, okay, like how do I get some sort of stable identifier onto Bitcoin that things can be attached to, right? Um, and it kind of started out kind of weird. I think I originally called them atoms. Um, and I actually found out, which was like absolutely crazy, that Satoshi had something in the pre-release code base that was called atoms. Every time you mined a block and pre-release Bitcoin, you would sort of assign an atom to the person who had mined the block. Um, and it, it was like, but it didn't really do anything. It was some like half-baked feature. You couldn't like do anything with them. You couldn't trade them. In fact, they were kind of random. I don't know what he was thinking. It was like he had some like ideas and then he wrote like half of them down in code. And then he just was like, ah, whatever, and ripped them out later. Um, so, but then I sort of, that was, that was weird. The Adams concept was very strange. So, but then I was like, okay, well, you know, what if it's uh, every single Satoshi has a unique identifier? Um, uh, and then things started like rapidly kind of coalescing around the ordinals concept. I changed the name from atoms to ordinals because I wanted to express that these are something that Satoshis have, like an ordinal number, not something that, not a different thing. You know, Satoshis have an ordinal. I didn't want to use the atom terminology because I didn't want to say, oh, there are atoms. Right. It's like, no, they're just sats and it's like an additional property that sats have. Um, so then things got much, much clearer, much faster because there's kind of like an a, a, almost an obvious natural way to assign serial numbers to Satoshis. Um, and I'll show you like what it is. So, you know, if you have a Coinbase transaction and let's say that it mines um, uh, like 10 Bitcoin just to make it simpler in itself and we have like inputs. And then we have outputs and then the outputs of a Coinbase transaction. Let's just imagine that it's way, way, way far in the future. And we're in the, like the 16 sat reward period where you're like only getting 16 sats. So it has this one 16 sat output. So uh, the, and then we're like, okay, we're going to create these things. They're called ordinal numbers. We simply assign them to sats in the order in which they're mined. So let's say that this is the first block. Somehow it's the first block, but it's the 16 sat reward period. Or like whatever, what the fuck? It's the second block, okay? So the, the and forget what I said, it's, a, it's, it's 5 billion, 5 billion sats. That's, the, that's the, what the second block mine. We can't do the first block because the first block is, is, uh, is unspendable. Uh, uh, um, so this block is going to combine, is going to create... Um, sats 5 billion through 10 billion minus one. Um, so that's just because the first block created sats zero through uh, four, five billion minus one. So it creates this uh, five, five billion to 10 billion sats have these like serial numbers. Um, and that's how they come into existence. They, you just sort of look at how many sats were mined before that block. And then all of the new sats, they get these serial numbers just in the order in which they're mined. So, and then um, let's say we have this like one output. Let's just call it output A. And it has these sats in this like unbroken range from here to here. So that's like the first part of the algorithm, which is like, how do, how do, how do these, how do these, how are these numbers, how do they come into existence? And I should have said at the beginning, if you guys have any questions, even if they're like trivial questions, like, please, please ask, like, uh, I don't, you just like, interrupt, raise your hand, whatever. Any questions you have are way more important than anything that I have to say. Um, okay, so this is how, yes. Hmm. That's right, that's right. Yeah, so I mean, uh, they're mined in a batch, right? And they sort of get assigned to this output A. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, the question is sort of like, how do you know which sat is which? They just sort of come into existence in this big block. Is that the question? Yeah. Yeah. So we just say like, okay, they're just in order. They're in output A, like the first output of a Coinbase transaction, or we can so output zero, I guess. Let's do A because it's confusing otherwise. They're in output A. And um, 
they are just in the order, in that order. You can imagine if you zoomed into output A, you would see all the little ordinals in it, and they would be in order from zero to, uh, I mean, this is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We just, as if we just, we just, we just, the convention is that they're in that order. So let's get to the second part and maybe it'll make more sense. So then we have like another transaction. Um, so then this has um, some inputs and it has some outputs. And it takes as an input this, um, this range of ordinals. And so then let's, let's give it some outputs. Let's give it um, C and D, E, and C. And so let's say that, and so we know that this input is worth uh, 5 BTC. And so let's say that this input is worth uh, 2.5 BTC. Actually, there's 50 BTC. Balling out of control. Um, so this output is worth 25 BTC. Oops. B is going to be worth 25 BTC. And this is going to be like um, 7.5. That's going to be like that, these first ordinals here. And then it's going to be like that. So we just say, okay, like, and, 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 and where do we get these order from? Like, why do we have B first and where do we have C first? When, when somebody makes a Bitcoin transaction, they can control the order of the inputs and outputs. They're in a fixed, defined order that's committed to by the transaction ID. You can't change, <clears throat> you can't change the order of the inputs or the outputs without invalidating the transaction ID and thus invalidating the signatures. So they have a fixed order. Um, yeah, and then we just say like, okay, well, the sats are sort of in order in A, and then the first output gets the first you know, output number of sats and ordinals, and then the second output gets the second number of sats and ordinals. And this goes all the way down to you know, any number of like further transactions. Um, transaction James, way, way, way later. And let's say that this has like really small inputs and outputs. Let's say later, you know, we've gotten down to like, you know, 10 sats, right? And this is like 5 billion zero to 5 billion nine. And then we have like these like really like tiny like outputs that are like, maybe this one is like, uh, or 5 billion. This one, this only contains one sat. I guess I should use like half open ranges because that kind of makes a little more sense. So it, it's up to, but not including the last number. So this contains 5 billion to 5 billion one, and this contains 5 billion to 5 billion, 5 billion one to 5 billion two, one, two, et cetera. So that is, this is sort of the transfer algorithm. It's like, okay, when you see ordinals go into a transaction on the inputs, this is how they trans transfer to the outputs, right? Because the, they kind of have to hop from the inputs to the outputs. Any questions? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, this winds up there's another one wrinkle which is like what happens to uh fees uh when you pay when you pay like uh when you pay fees in a transaction that is just um some inputs that some outputs that aren't in the inputs so let's say you have this and you have ordinals like 10 through i don't know uh 20 And then you have one output and it's pay ordinals 10 through 15. So this is what a transaction look that looks like that pays fees. Uh, the outputs pay less than the inputs. And so the extra amount is implicitly the fee that is paid to the Bitcoin miner. So in this case, if, if you were to sort of look at the, um, let's say that this is the only transaction in the block. 
um, you would have the inputs whoops. and the inputs are nothing because it's a coinbase transaction and then the outputs um, let's say there's only like one output and so let's say that this is in the uh, still the you know five well let's say you know like it's in the 20 it's in the 16 reward era so it gets let's say it gets 16 through 32 and it gets the additional output that was in that was paid as the fee so it's sort of like now we have an output that contains multiple ordinal ranges and so this has 15 through 20. so an output can have multiple different ordinal ranges um yep yeah. and then uh so yeah that's that and then so this is really like kind of this basically the simplest system i think for uh adding stable identifiers to bitcoin um and in fact when i finally finished this and it kind of came to its current form what's up guys um i searched i like finally opened google and i searched satoshi serial numbers and uh, i found this uh bitcoin talk page let's see this Bitcoin talk page from uh, 2012, where Johnson Lau actually proposed exactly the same thing that I had come up with. Exactly. Um, he used the slightly different notation. So he used the notation that looks like this, where it was block, the, the, the first number before the decimal is the block number. And the second number is like the offset within the within the block. He actually used a like, one based indexing which is kind of weird i use a zero based indexing um but he had proposed this and i think the reason that like i came up with something that had already been like created by somebody else and then kind of forgotten was because it's very simple when you start removing all the complexity and you try to think okay what's the most natural way to do this you sort of naturally just come up with this um so and i built a block explorer uh, it's running at ordinals.com. Yeah, this is, this is, this is, I, it's starting to get shiny. It's fun. Um, I need to add. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can go here. We have a bunch of like recent blocks um, and then click on the first block. And so we see all of the transactions in this block. So it's pretty beefy. And then we click on a transaction and you can see outputs. Um, and this is where block explorers usually end, right? You can't click on an output. Right? What? What do you? What's inside an output? But not the ordinals.com block explorer. You can click one more time on the ordinals.com block. In fact, two more times, which I think makes it, yeah, superior. This like this page with this crappy ass HTML I claim is superior to mempool.space because you can click two more times. Yeah. So you click. No, we don't need pictures. We got numbers, baby. People love numbers. So you can click on a um on an output. And then you can see all of the ordinal ranges that are in that output. And this output is very fragmented. Oh, yeah, because, um, yeah, let me, um, let me kind of go to like a normal transaction. So this is the, that was the Coinbase transaction and had a lot of ordinal ranges. Actually, this one has a ton too. This, this one's big. So the Coinbase transaction has a bunch of ordinal ranges because it has one ordinal range first, which is the which is the subsidy, the new uh, the new sats that are being created, and this green one, and I'll explain why it's green in a second, is uh, is that ordinal range. But then it also has ordinal ranges in this case from all of the fees that are being paid in the block. Every single other ordinal range on this page are are ordinals that are being paid as fees from all of the transactions in that block. And they're in the same order as they um, appear in the block. So, and then that's the first click. They get lots of fees. Yeah, they, they got a lot of ordinals, you know? Um, so then we can click on an actual ordinal range. So the database doesn't have an entry for every single ordinal because that would be completely intractable. Like that's a lot. Like 1.9 quadrillion bytes is already like beyond. Even if you had, you need, you need to store like a hundredth of a bit for each ordinal, you'd be like, 
big hard drives. Um, so uh, instead, it, it has an entry for every ordinal range. So this is that ordinal range, and you can see that it's 6.25 Bitcoin big. And this is a link to the, uh, the first ordinal in that range. Um, and this is, I guess, this is where things got a little bit wacky. So, um, yeah, this is, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Super said, oh, this is where it got wacky. Subtly implying that per perhaps it, it, it been be wacky. Um, so, yeah, so this is where I kind of like get wacky because I can't help myself. Um, so, yeah, I have a couple of different notations for ordinals. There's the uh, number, the numeric notation, which just is the raw number, the ordinal in the entire supply. And the reason they're called ordinals is because ordinal, ordinal has the same root as uh, the Latin, or as like the word for order. And it's because the numbers are assigned in order. They're sort of, they're actually, they're ordinal numbers. Um, so the first is the decimal. This shows the block height before the decimal, and then the offset within the block after the decimal. That's right. Yep. That's right. Yep. Um, so this is kind of nice because this this doesn't tell you a lot. Um, we're we're already out of two point one quadrillion ordinals. We're already at one point nine quadrillion, right? Because so much of the supply has been mined. So this doesn't tell you a lot about when it happened, when it was mined, um, and that's what the decimal notation is nice for. Um, you can see, okay, this came in this block, and I know that we're at block. You know, like I, I remember, like oh, it was a big deal. Like we hit block seven hundred fifty thousand. So this is like a super recent ordinal. Um, and then there's the degree notation. We'll get into that in a second. That's maybe perhaps the most wacky. Um, and then there's the name. The name is kind of for fun. The name is uh, a base 26 mapping. It's basically a base 26 number where we use the 26 letters of the English alphabet um, as a, uh, at, we convert the number to this base 26 representation. So when I did that, um, I originally, the, the, the names, got short and got longer and longer and longer. Like the first name was A and the second name was B. And but when I like zero was A and one was B. But then when I did that, I realized that all of the good short names would be trapped inside of the Genesis block because the Genesis block is not spendable because Satoshi was so moral. He didn't want to give himself even one Bitcoin block of pre-mine. I don't think this is true, but I choose to believe it. I think it was actually a bug. He didn't want to give himself one block of pre-mine. So he made the Genesis block inspendable. That's how much of a stand-up guy he was. He probably just he wrote some shitty code, so that's probably not it. Um, so instead, the ordinal the the ordinal names get long and get shorter. So ord ordinal number zero, and, yeah, start long and get shorter. Yeah, and this page this URL is actually really powerful. You can you can just go here and then you can type any representation of an ordinal, like including like a name. Um, so yeah, ordinal zero. Uh, has is is Nivikadja uh, um and then you know they get better though you know next one is Nivikadja Wukusolo, and the next one is uh, Nivikadja Wuksinul. Um, so you know they improve. You know they get this is really a monotonic improvement of the quality of the names. Um, so yeah, and that's kind of for fun. Um, and you can look up any name. Like, uh, does anybody have a username that they like to get on different services? Diehux. She's she's my plant in the audience to like ask questions. Yeah. So yeah, okay, you can just type in any like any 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 combination of um some some combinations of eleven letters are there. Every uh combination of ten letters or fewer is there. Um and so we can see the Diehux ordinal. Um here's the decimal. Um and it's gonna be mined in uh, 2090. So as long as you have time to hang out, I mean, we got you know we got time, right? We're good to hang out until the diehux ordinal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's based. Yeah, I mean, I, this is something that's cool about um, like Bitcoin is like it's very stable and it operates over a very very long time frame, and so it encourages you to have this like long term view, and we can be like, yeah, this diehux ordinal coming in twenty twenty ninety, you know, um, yeah. Oh, dick butt. I mean, the <laughs> probably in a while. Uh, yeah, dick butt. 2071. It's a little bit sooner, you know, uh, but it's coming, you know. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, uh, like, and so like all, <laughs> all of the, yeah, so that's the names. Um, they're cool, you know? Um, and so this is like, that's right. Yep. 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 And this is, you know, this is my, this is, you know, a little speculation between you and me guys. This is going to be the future of the DNS. So VeriSign, VeriSign, they better get their hands on the com ordinal. Otherwise, they're going to be completely obviated. VeriSign, they assign the com domains. Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Oh, well, just the idea is like, well, so the way the DNS works is that all of the top-level domains like com or net there's like an authority that that hands them out, and when you look up a domain name like 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 uh, like ordinals.com, uh, you uh, <laughs> you you go first thing you go is you go okay go to the dot the dot com people, and then you go okay like who has the authority to make a record for ordinals under dot com? It's like you start at the the top domain and then you keep going down. So you get the domain you're interested in for in, interested in, and then finally you get an IP address. So you could build a naming system on top of ordinals. I don't know if you'd want to, but you could, where you'd go, okay, like I want to go to uh, ordinals.com. Let me look up the com ordinal, right? And then you go, then then what happens, which I kind of didn't explain, is that then you can find which output it's in, right? Which UTXO it's in. Not yet, for a while. You know, this is a long-term plan. So you find which output it's in, and then you get the address of that output. That address is essentially a public key. And then you can get a uh, authenticated, encrypted channel with the person who owns that. You can use that public key to ask them, like, hey, who, is, uh, who, can, who has the domain ordinals.com? And they can send you a signed message with the pub key in the address of their UTXO. And then you can like get the, oh, it's this IP address and then look up ordinals.com. So you could make a really wacky uh, DNS system. No, no cool names exist, dude. They're all bad. They're all like, yeah. Um, like what, like, like not, not fun now. Not fun now. Uh, uh. <laughs> it's only a very small slice of the ends have been allocated. Well, the, okay, so it's the characters A through Z, and the 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 first character, which is the last character, is A. That's the last one. The final, the final sat ever to be mine is the A sat. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a bloodbath. That's right. Yeah, it's gonna be. There's gonna be violence. Uh, the fee market better be well developed at that point because if it's like, I, maybe. What's up? Uh oh, two thousand nine nail clipper. I think this is a good one. This is a solid ordinal. Yeah, 2009. Uh, what? Which which block was it in? Oh yeah, we can see it's in the two, three, whatever block. I actually also have a find functionality where you can look up an ordinal and find the UTXO it's in, but I don't expose it because it's really slow. I need to make it faster so then I can allow people to do web requests. If I let people look up the locations of ordinals, the server that ordinals.com was is in would catch fire. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. They're all 11 letters. Uh, the first ordinal is, uh, yeah, it's solid. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I think. No, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of combinations of English words. Like you can have a, a six letter word and a five letter word. If the first one starts with N. I can, you can only hope. I can only, I hope. Maybe you want to get started on those conspiracy theories, you know? 
Nacho cheese. <laughs> yeah, nacho cheese common, 2009. These are good. These are solid. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. So the idea is, is that um, let's say I'm an artist and I have a, I put my public key on my website. I go to, I'm like, I'm me. So I, on rotomore.com, I have rotomore.com slash pubkey.txt. Rotomore.com slash, uh, yeah, basically pubkey.txt. Or I could even, yeah, let's make it simple, pubkey.txt. And then I create some art and then I create a message that contains the hash of that art and an ordinal number. And then I sign that message. And what that means is that I'm creating an attestation that, you know, I, the artist, I consider the person who owns the ordinal in that message to own that piece of art. So an ownership and NFT ownership is very weird. It's like, well, what do you mean by owning, owning, owning an NFT, owning an NFT? Like really what they kind of mean is that there's like a, you're like the legitimate you're like the recognized owner of it. And the, if the artist says you're the owner of it, that's kind of, then you're the owner of it. Um, so this is a way that you could assign a piece of content essentially to a ordinal. And then the person who owns the ordinal owns that piece of content. And then that means that you can transfer it, sell it, whatever, trade it with uh, normal Bitcoin transactions. Yep. So super simple NFTs on Bitcoin. You just make some signatures assign some messages, assign things to ordinals, and that's who owns the NFT. Oh, yeah. Do you know why? Like, like I, there's a few ways they might kill Bitcoin. Can we? No, not really. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I guess one specific complaint, not complaint, but one specific question I get is, well, like, doesn't this destroy Bitcoin's fungibility? Right? Because before, every sat was just like a big... Every UTXO is just a big bucket of sat goop, undifferentiated sat goop. And if you poured some into other buckets, you couldn't say like, oh, this is where those the goop came from. It's all undifferentiated goop. So, um, but with ordinals, now you have these serial numbers for Satoshis. You can actually trace a Satoshi back through a bunch of transactions back to the block in which it was birthed. So doesn't this like destroy uh, Bitcoin's non-fungibility? Um, I think the answer is no, um, because basically... This, obviously, if somebody is public with their ordinals and which ordinals are theirs and they're making transactions in like an ordinal aware way, then yes, you can trace those ordinal aware, those transactions using the ordinal numbers. But this is because they specifically want them to be public, right? And for a normal Bitcoin user who's making transactions that aren't quote unquote ordinal aware, um, you're not getting any additional data if you are start tracing the serial numbers and assigning special meaning because they're not assigning any special meaning to it. They're just pouring buckets of sat goop from UTXO to UTXO. And you're like going like, ah, this atom came of goop came from this bucket back in the day. And, and that's just does has no meaning. Like, you know, what does it mean? Like in ordinals, you can pay an ordinal as a fee, which goes to the miner and then goes out through the like the, the the miner when they sell it on exchange and so if some you know spook some like bug man fbi spook is um trying to trace that ordinal okay okay some very intelligent very handsome uh fbi bug men spooks are um like going there oh they draw this line from your transaction to the coinbase transaction to like some exchange to some like withdrawal transaction that has no meaning they, they completely lost the plot like eight steps ago um so no they don't uh they don't they i don't think they do anything for bitcoin's fungibility and they're specifically for things that you want to be public so you know if you if you privacy is not about anonymity it's about selectively revealing what you want to reveal so if you want to do things that are public use ordinals and if you don't want to do things that are public don't use ordinals because you can see them on the blockchain that's kind of not what they're for yeah I'm trying to think if there's are there any other ways that ordinals might destroy Bitcoin? That's good because we need a robust fee market to develop, right? That Bitcoin security post subsidy when the when the new coins being created drops to zero relies on the existence of a fee market, and so if people are bidding, they can't really bid directly on the blockchain, but they can make a bunch of ordinal transactions. And then that can drive fees up, and then um, 
But that's kind of good. We actually want as many possible uses for Bitcoin transactions for block space. So there's a lot of fees. And so miners are paid a lot to secure the network. That's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So th then, okay, well, why is this ordinal? Why is the nacho cheese ordinal common? Well, then we get to this degree notation, which I think is probably the wackiest thing so far. Could be. Um, so let me show you the different like uh, degrees of, of ordinals. So uh, degree notation, um, this is the cycle which I'll get to in a second. This is the number of blocks since the last halving. So it goes up to 210,000 and then resets back to zero. And this is the number of blocks since the last difficulty adjustment. And this is the offset of the ordinal in the block. So this ordinal is, is not the first ordinal in the block. This ordinal is very not special. Even though it's the second ordinal ever, um, this ordinal is common because it's just you know, it's some ordinal, right? It's not the first ordinal block. But if an ordinal is the first ordinal in the block, oh, whoops, I just got this wrong. If it's the first ordinal in the block, if this number after the, after the decimal is zero and this number after the decimal is zero, then it is uncommon. So for fun, I have introduced a like rarity system. Um, and when designing the rarity system, I was like, okay, like what could you possibly, what could possibly make one sat rarer than another? And the idea is, is that it's, it's based on periodic events within Bitcoin itself. So I didn't want to make up new things. So what are the periodic events in Bitcoin? The most frequent periodic event is blocks. So the first ordinal of a block is special. It's uncommon. So then the next most frequent uh, event oops, wrong, is a difficulty adjustment. So the first ordinal in the first block after a difficulty adjustment is rare. So this gets also like a little like weird and common, but then the next most frequent uh, uh, event in Bitcoin, periodic event in Bitcoin is the halving. So this, this second number like this, this block, this one, this one was zero because it was the first block after the difficulty adjustment. So it goes up to 216, it wraps around. So when this is zero, you know it's the first block of the difficulty adjustment. This number um, is blocks after the halving. So the first uh, block after the halving, um, if, if that's zero, then it is an epic ordinal. Um, and then, you know, you might be like, well, what's the next, you know, I guess the halving, that's kind of it. You know, that's the last kind of periodic, in, uh, periodic event in Bitcoin, but it's not, okay? It's not. You might think that, right? But not true. So um, the, every, the, the difficulty adjustment and the halving do not usually happen on the same block because 210,000 is not an even multiple of 216, okay? So most, most halvings don't happen on the same block as the difficulty adjustment, but... Once every six halvings or 24 years, the difficulty adjustment and the halving happen on the same block. My friends, ladies and gentlemen, what a momentous occasion that will be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so that is a legendary ordinal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I call this a cycle, and the 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 time between this happening a cycle and the, and when this happens a conjunction, from like an astrological conjunction of the planets. So yeah. So if the yeah yeah. I I think it's fun. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, like, I want to get people like interested. So like, another thing is, I think. I think we as Bitcoiners need to make Bitcoin more fun. And I think that there's a lot of like fun degeneracy that happens. A lot of like fun shit coinery. There's the bad part of shit coinery where you think you're buying into some world, like some like crazy thing that's going to change the world. 
But then there's also the fun kind of shitcoiner where you're just degenerate trading these tokens. Um, and so I wanted to create a shitcoin for Bitcoiners. Uh, not yet. No, not yet. We'd have to like bounce around and query by the height. Um, but yeah, soon. That's an issue on the tracker. We need to get the we need to get the sign of ordinals. Ah, good question. So, so this is the degree notation. This is the cycle number. So it's the, it's a, it's if these if these three numbers are all zero, that and this is like greater than zero, then it's a legendary ordinal. And it, we can go. We can find this out. We can look at the last ordinal, which is a. And so there's going to be five of them. There will only ever be five legendary ordinals. And in fact, the first one isn't coming until 2032. That's the first time that the having and the difficulty adjustment happen on the first on the same block. Um, and then there is one final uh, rarity tier, which is the first set of the first block. It's mythic, and it gets a uh, Bitcoin orange. Um, let's see. Yeah, and and so I just think it's like the rarities is just supposed to be fun. Um, yeah, because I think we should make Bitcoin fun. And also, this kind of gets to another uh, like reason why I not it wasn't kind of my original motivation, but I, I think now it's a strong, maybe even the strongest reason to do this is that a lot of people, whether you like them or not, people like NFTs. They think that NFTs are fun and cool and they want to own them and they want to use them and they want to brag about them and they want to tell their friends about them and they want to be in NFT focused communities where they hang out and degen. Um, and a lot of those people they get into like crypto, like not Bitcoin. They get they want NFTs and there aren't any NFTs on Bitcoin. And so they fall into like the crypto world and um, they never leave, right? They, they, they kind of, they get some Ethereum related bags and then they're like very attached to these bags and they sort of like see Bitcoin as this weird other thing that they're like not interested in. And then they get stuck in Ethereum and like with bad security, bad money, bad predictability, bad predictability complexity, centralization, censorship. Oh, is that true? Wow. That's terrible. So yeah, so this is the meme for, for these people, right? Um, I want these people to come into the fold. We'll just say, okay, on the, on the digital collectors, this is like the Ethereum side. Censorship, can't run a node, security vulnerabilities, uncertain future, IPFS, which fucking sucks, gas fees, arbitrary monetary policies, and then ordinals come along, the beatific St. Pepe, decentralization, <laughs> rare and exotic sats, raspberry pi nodes, security will live out all of us, pass on your rare sats to your kids, cheap fees, uh, no weird smart contracts, sound money, personal growth, all right, loving your family or whatever and your friends, being a good stand-up person, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's kind of, I think that's the end of everything. What I'm working on right now is, oh yeah, go for it. Right. Yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Paynim? They have the, that, that's like the, um, oh no, I don't know that one. I don't know that one. Yeah, yeah. But I know what you mean. I have that on, yeah. Yep. 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 So I'm sort of working on that a little bit. So you go to ordinals.com slash clock. So this is kind of unrelated to, this isn't unrelated to ordinals, but this is the first step in doing a visual representation for ordinals. So I made this clock, um, and I just want to highlight that the page source, it's just really good looking SVG. This pure handwritten SVG, just wrote it, you know, just busted it out. Um, did all these, these numbers all in my head. Oh, that's going to be 3272-7272. No, I didn't do that. I wrote a program. Um, so... <laughs> this is 
this is a clock which is based on the current block height that the ordinals.com server has like sunk to um and uh it is so each pip is a having and so every time the hour hand gets to a new pip we're at a new having um the minute hand is the progress through the current having so we're a little bit over we're like a little over halfway through the current having when that our hand gets back to midnight, we're going to be at a new having. And then uh, the second hand is the difficulty adjustment. So that's the progress of the current difficulty adjustment. So when the second hand gets to midnight, that's a difficulty adjustment. Um, and these thick pips, these are the uh, one every six halvings where the difficulty adjustment and the having happen on the same block. So when the hour hand gets to a thick pip, that is when a new uh, legendary ordinal will be birthed um, and you'll see that the minute hand and the second hand are both at midnight and this when the hour hand sweeps a full 360 degrees and gets back to midnight that's the end of bitcoin supply so this clock will make one revolution to uh 21 40 or whatever it is and then stop although the second hand will continue to spin forever because difficulty adjustments always continue so i'm the reason this relates to giving uh, a visual to an ordinals is I'm going to add like the actual this this gives you the height, and then I'm going to add the um, the uh, like a little uh, sub dial like you have on some clock faces for the actual offset within the block, and then it will sort of represent then it can represent an ordinal. Yeah, I need to do that. So yeah, you. You can do that. SVG elements can like have a link. And so I need to add like a link or a hover or something so that you can actually click on these different things and see what see what they are. So yeah, I definitely want to add that. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I love how Bitcoin encourages you to really like think like very long term, right? Um, instead of, you know, a monetary policy that is really just up to people's whims that you, I mean, how could you predict anything about the US's monetary policy five or 10 years down the road? Bitcoin is, you know, very, very predictable and you can make these super long term predictions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the project currently, um, it's on GitHub. Um, the the binary I call it ORD just to kind of keep it separate from the um, the uh, from ordinal numbers. Um, I'm working on it with my friend Liam, um, and it consists of the Block Explorer, the database that the Block Explorer reads from. It connects to a Bitcoin core node and it populates this database of ordinal numbers. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff there because the database is very large, and so any optimizations that you can do to keep the database smaller uh, is really good. Um, and Liam is working on a wallet where, you know, if you try to put, if you try to send ordinals in a normal Bitcoin wallet, you'll probably lose your fancy ordinals. You'll set, send them to miners fees. That's not good. So this is an ordinal aware wallet. And anyways, you shouldn't mix your main stash with your ordinals because you want to dox your other sats. Um, so, and then that's kind of it. Block Explorer, wallet, database. It's not really to see it because you can kind of use that in the block explorer. It's, it's if you actually want to get an ordinal and send a specific ordinal to somebody else. Yep. Yeah. Oh, cool. Which one? A historical. Wait, a historical? That starts with an A. Are we up to A's? Wow. That's fabulous. That's incredible. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, yeah. The stars are aligning. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. Really? Agro tourist? Yeah, yeah. So I call these exotics. So there's sort of like the 
whatever the, the sort of like official rarity tier, which is actually in, in some ways the least interesting rarity tier. But then there's exotics, which are like kind of whatever anybody wants to come up with. And names are kind of my take on exotics. But then there's other kinds of exotics. Like what if you want to get a sat from the famous uh, pizza transaction? You could find that transaction, find the sats in that transaction, trace it down today and like get it, right? Or like a transaction or like something from the Coinbase reward when uh, Segwit finally activated. That would be a sick exotic. Something that was personally significant to you, like a, an ordinal from the first transaction that you had ever done in Bitcoin. Um, you can come up with all sorts of fun reasons for why uh, an ordinal is like rare and valuable. Oh, yeah. And also, uh, there is, I'm doing bounties, ordinal bounties. So I did one ordinal bounty. The first one was really easy. You just had to send in a sat that ended with a zero. But it had to be the first one in the output because otherwise you could send in any contiguous range of 10 sats and win. But it had to be the first one in the output. It was claimed by Count Null on Twitter. Um, and the reward was 100,000 sats, so like 20 bucks. Um, he sent exactly the dust limit, which is what you should do. Um, and now there's a new bounty, which is it's going to run until block uh, 753984 which is the first block of a, a difficulty adjustment period uh, 374. So, uh, and there's one submission address and the oldest ordinal that is sent to the submission address during that time period will be the winner. So it starts off really easy. Any old ordinal would be the oldest ordinal. But as people submit, if they submit, um, I think there's only been a couple submissions. Yeah. Oh, three. Okay. I got to look these up. I got to see what's in them. We can go like, okay, this is, this is that. This is that. Arnold's.com slash output slash blah plus zero. So yeah, so the, so this looks like, I wonder what ordinal range is. I kind of need to add, um, uh, yeah. So this is not very old at all. This is in the 17 billion range which is pretty, pretty common, but I, I, I don't know if it's the current leader. I don't know who the current leader of these transactions are. So yeah, so and the winner at the end of this period gets uh, 200,000 sats, which is like 40 bucks, I think. We're getting up there, big money, a lot of sats. Um, and it'll be sent back to the input address of the transaction that sent it uh, of the winner's choice. And I guess if they don't want it sent to that address, then I can have them sign like a message uh, with that pub key saying which address they would like it to go to. Um, and this is just to get people like into it. Um, and, and, and you can, because ordinals are so simple, you can actually send, you can actually, you can actually craft ordinal aware transactions, send an ordinal from place to place without any special software. You just kind of get into Bitcoin core CLI and use like create raw transaction with a sort of, with, with one output that you want. And like the, the, with one input that you want and the outputs that send the ordinal that you want to the right place. And so you can just do that <clears throat> in the CLI to sort of to encourage people to fool with a little bit. Um, yeah, and I think that's all I got. Any questions? Go for it. Right. Yeah, yeah, the, the 50 state quarters. Right. Oh yeah, uh, just comment that it's like it's kind of like spe collecting special quarters. Um, that's a fun aspect. I remember when I was like a kid, and those like fifty state quarters came out, and it was just... yeah, yeah, that was very cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Um, I mean, you know, some of the some old coin stuff is kind of like that. Um, with a bit shakier foundations, you know? Um, yeah, I'm actually, um, I, I think that this could possibly be valuable for Urbit in particular. Um, this is, Ordinals is, is PKI, is public key infrastructure. Um, it's a stable identifier, which you can go from a stable identifier to a pub key. You can change the pub key that that stable identifier maps to. So you can like 
do that. Um, and Urbit has an address space that's currently managed on Ethereum, which has the attendant problems like high gas, high gas fees, and complexity. Um, and so you could certainly do that on ordinals, any sort of public key infrastructure. There, I definitely do not want to say that this is great for, for everything, right? Like if you want to look up an ordinal, you have to do this like fairly weird, like fairly involved lookup of transactions and stuff. Um, that can be made fast. The database is large. The database is currently about 50 gigs. Although, you, yeah, but you don't need the database for everything. The database maintains the full like ordinal UTXO set. Um, but if you only care about a few ordinals, you only need to be able to look up those ordinals. And so the database can be much, much smaller or can compute things on demand, essentially. Oh, no, no, no. A is, A, is, A is way far in the future. Oh, yeah, no, 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 it's not a bug. Yeah, I, just, I guess I just haven't been paying attention to what the current... Oh, ahistorical. No. No, yeah, it's, I don't think it's a bug. Um, you know, if we go to the previous one, ahistoric ham, ahistoric, ahistoric cow, ahistoric cap, a quirk, a r. You don't know that. Listen, okay? <laughs> ahistoric cat, that's kind of a cool one. Um, ahistoric cow, cab, caw, cax, has, and then it goes to ba. I don't think I just don't think I've been paying attention. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not very smart. <laughs> uh, in total, there will be 2.1 quadrillion. Minus a few. Yeah, we can go to the last one, which is ordinal A. And that is that big number. Um, and the, currently, we were, we've mined about 1.9 quadrillion ordinals. So we're way far through the supply. Oh, you mean like each? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's only um, there's only ever going to be, I think, like six million uncommon ordinals. There's currently about um, seven hundred fifty thousand ordinals, one per block. Rare ordinals. I mean, we can kind of go to the end. Yeah, there's going to be um, three thousand five hundred um, rare ordinals, uh, thirty-two epic ordinals, and five legendary ordinals. Yeah. So the rarity curve is brutal. It drops off fast. It's very high scarcity. All right. It's hard rarity. Mm. Oh, yeah. Which one is it? What is it? 815097. Okay. And then we need to go to the next one. Like, do we need to go to block number? Oh, okay, uh-huh. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Ah, I see. Okay, and then we can go next. That's right. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that hat. Yep. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So the, this is the second way that ordinals might destroy Bitcoin is that, um, so let's say you have a scenario where like the block reward is like low or relatively low, the block reward and the fees are relatively low compared to the value of the new ordinal that's created. Let's say, you know, that like 11 Z's. Yeah. Let's say that the, let's say that between now and November of next year, Ordinals pop off. We got, you know, Kanye West, the Kanye West ordinal. We got the, yeah, we got the um, Post Malone ordinal. I don't know. These are the two celebrities that I know. That's it. Um, so, um, and then we have, um, like, the block reward is only worth, like, 6.25 Bitcoin. But, like, the Zzz ordinal is worth, like, 1,000 Bitcoin, right? So, you're going to get to that block. It's just, yeah. You're going to get to that block. And some miner is going to get that block. And then the next miner is going to be like, okay, I could build on top of this block and get a measly like one Bitcoin block reward. Or with small probability, I could try to orphan 
the previous block to get it. I could try to reorg out the previous block. Um, and then there's some very weird, very weird economic dynamics that happen. Um, and then, yeah, that'd be really bad. That'd be really bad. So then you'd get these like reorg fights every time there's a super rare ordinal. Um, I mean, fun. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, it would, like, you want to get your transactions in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it would be, it would be exciting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like while I'm while I'm racing to like shill ordinals as hard as I can, you guys better be racing to shill like Bitcoin and the block reward and whatever. So that never happens. I I don't think that's ever gonna happen. I think ordinals are always, you know, gonna be a very small, you know, like a niche thing. You know, I think I think payments and I I, I mean like I think payments and money are Bitcoin's like number one payments, money and savings are Bitcoin's like number one use case. And this is just like a sideshow and I'm the carnival barker, you know? Um, and like, it's never gonna, it's never gonna like overtake it. If, if, listen, if the Z ordinal is more expensive than the block reward in a year, something has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, horribly right. Uh, keyword horribly. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. 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 And like another thing is that as I was designing this, like I, I sort of am like, okay, well, Bitcoiners don't really like NFTs. They don't really like like shit coins. So I one real explicit goal of this was this has to be culturally acceptable to Bitcoiners. And you sort of touch on this one aspect of it. Like I don't have any more ordinals than anybody else. I have one sat, one ordinal. So ordinals are kind of like kind of like an nft like airdrop but it's two bitcoiners in proportion to the bitcoin that they already hold and it's just bitcoin um so that kind of makes it i hope like culturally acceptable to a lot of bitcoiners they go like okay well these are kind of like the fun things about nfts without the token without the money printing without the discretion etc Awesome. Wait, let me and let me show you guys the spec. This is something I'm this is like, I think one of the most important things. I wrote a BIP. It's not really like a BIP yet. It, it doesn't have a BIP number, but it just describes this, this scheme. And this is the specification. Um, this is kind of the complete spec. Um, let me copy. Yeah, in, in Python, I mean, it, it's ordinals or sorry, BIPs often give their often give their spec in, uh, in Python. And so this is just kind of to highlight how simple it is. Um, we go like, okay, you know, what's the subsidy to given height? It's 50 times 100 million, right shifted by the height divided by 210,000. What's the first ordinal at some height? Well, we just start at zero and we add the subsidy and then we return like what we summed. And then to like assign the ordinals in a given block. We have the first ordinal and the last ordinal and the Coinbase ordinal ordinals start with those ordinals, a list of those ordinals. And then for every transaction in the block, except for the first one, for every input in the transaction, we sort of start building this list of ordinals that we're gonna transfer the input to the output. And then for the output in the transaction on outputs, we just kind of assign the output that ordinals from the input from the list that we built and we sort of delete them from that list and then when we get to the, the end we extend the coinbase ordinals whatever's left over those those are the fees so they add them to coinbase ordinals 
And then we do the same thing for the Coinbase transaction. We go, okay, the Coinbase ordinals or whatever we had here are, are like the, 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 that outputs value in ordinals and then we delete them from this list. So, no, just because of the way the spec is designed. Because the first ordinal of the block is determined essentially by how many ordinals could have been mined in the past, not how many actually were. There are, yeah. So, so, so there are uh, one or two cases in which the miner has underpaid the block award and the fees. That is the only way, the only way for ordinals to be destroyed. When a transaction underpays the outputs, those go to the fees. But when the miner underpays the output, it has nowhere to go. And so those just get zapped. No, the database doesn't pay attention to that. But it, 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 it could. It, it could do that. You would, what you would see is once I implement the find functionality, that's when you'll be able to see, oh, it's not in any current UTXO. Never exists in any UTXO. And that's because the reason why it does that and I didn't like fill the holes is because this makes all of the algorithms much better because if you know the ordinal number, you can, without looking at any chain data, you can figure out what block it would have been mined in. And if you try to fill the gaps in the ordinal, then you have to go through all of the potential blocks beforehand and figure out, okay, did any of them not mine the full amount of ordinals that they could? And only then could you find out which block an ordinal was in. Which is just makes it cooler. You know, yeah. Cool. All right. That's my spiel. Thanks, everybody, for coming. <laughs>